0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 5.53 a.m. East Coast time. It is Monday, October 28th. It's actually my brother's birthday now that I say that out loud, so definitely got to reach out to the brother. Happy birthday to Steven if you're for some reason watching this. 11-game NBA slate that we have today. And I'm about to break down if you're listening on the audio version. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Hopefully you had a good NFL weekend, as well as a pretty solid NBA slate we had yesterday about a four three game slate. Some sites you had a five game slate. Hopefully you all enjoyed your weekend had a good time. Now if you are new here, welcome to my channel or my podcast. My name is Sal Vetri. I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA in the NBA streets like you're seeing right here. We get a full slate. Love it. Monday starts the week off. You get some Monday Night Football, if you're feeling that. But you also have what is probably the better option tonight, a full 11-game slate of the NBA. Lots of injuries to break down. We're going to do that right now in a second, as you can see over my shoulder on the video version of this uh, episode, as well as you can... See, in a second, we'll go over the target offense sheet. And then some of my early interests, obviously way before lock. And people are saying that they're very very much enjoying these videos and would like to see what my interests are kind of before lock, if it means a live stream or something. I don't have the time to do that personally on every single day right now during the NFL season, maybe after. But that's the reason I created Patreon. I have my NBA model on there. And I update throughout the day, not only the projections before lock, but I also update my interests. It's a yes if I have interest and X if I have some interest similar to the NFL and a no if I have no interest. So if you're interested in that, as well as my model, which has my projections projected value, point minutes, point per minute, all that stuff. You can check that out, link down below on Patreon. Uh, You can find me on my social medias at SalvatryDFS, Um, Salvatry Facebook page, and Salvatry on Instagram. I will be live at the Pat Mayo Experience on the YouTube channel at 1 p.m. East Coast time today. You can check that out if you're listening in time. If not, you can watch the replay over there, or you can watch the replay or listen to it on the Pat Mayo Experience audio version podcast. Um, Check that out if you want to show me some support. I'll be able to see all the live chat comments as well on my computer as they scroll by. Um, Be sure to kind of hit you guys up and thank you afterwards. So. Now that we're here, hit the subscribe button. It does help me out on this YouTube channel growing. We're about to hit 14,000 subscribers probably by like tomorrow night. It's absolutely incredible. I love this. The growth has been fantastic. And it's just motivation to keep doing this. Thank you all so much. I'm happy that these videos not only help people winning money, uh, somebody won $35,000 as a Patreon $10,000 as a Patreon, two people won $10,000 and $35,000 um, yesterday in the NFL, mainly due to the Tevin Coleman pivot that I was trying to push to people um, and somewhat lucky 13 touches end up in four touchdowns. Uh, Tevin Coleman pushed over Ty Johnson, who's going to be running with four of his running back. So that's just some of the Patreon success. Obviously, I'm not trying to promote that as you're going to win this amount of money. It's just cool that the information is helping people do that. So with that being said, let's get into this slate starting with the injury news. Joel Embiid will start with just in terms of how expensive players are is how I have this filtered. Uh, But what I will do is I'll filter this by team because that makes a lot of sense to just kind of hit on the overall team impacts. I don't think many players are injured from the exact same team today. Uh, If any, I really don't know. Let's see. Okay, so there's like one or two spots. So Starting with Atlanta, filter this by team and alphabetically. Uh, you have Alex Len; he's probable today with a rib injury, so nobody's really impacted there. Can have a tough matchup even if Joel Embiid is out for Philadelphia because Al Horford is still there. Next up is Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr. is also probable with a face injury. I think he got hit in the mouth or something, a tooth. I don't know. But he's going to be facing New York. He's been kind of limited so far this season. He's 5,200. I don't want to go there. He's been on some sort of limited minutes count dealing with some sort of injury. Blake Griffin is once again going to be out. He's going to miss probably another week or two. Uh, Markeith Morris will continue to to start coming off of his best game as he gets somewhat healthier. Andre Drummond coming off of his worst game as he saw 2,000 the first few minutes. That's always the risk with playing Andre Drummond. Strumming gets a tough matchup today against a Miles Turner and Sabonis defense, a big four and five that they're playing pretty much two centers or a hybrid center in Sabonis. So difficult spot, but they're going to be the main guys to benefit. Reggie Jackson is doubtful for today with a back injury, and Derrick Rose is still not expensive enough. Look, we were all over Derrick Rose in the last time out over the weekend when he was still like $4,900 or whatever, 5100 I think now he's only 5400 uh, He's still not expensive enough, even if he doesn't start. Tim Fraser started last week, and he saw like 21 minutes as just sort of a more true point guard and, and a guy who's going to be passed first more times than not. But Derek Rose coming off the bench, he's going to continue to play 30, right around 30 plus minutes with Reggie Jackson out. And there's a lot of pieces to pick up. The problem for Derek Rose is he's going to have a brutal matchup, whether it's Malcolm Brogdon guarding him. It's a really tough matchup on the opposite side. Uh, so keep that in mind when you're rostering these players is Derek Rose is going to be interesting today. He's cheap enough. He's a guy who wants to score first and he has to have a lot more minutes in production go his way with Reggie Jackson's, what, 24 to 26 minutes in this newer offense with Rose. there going to be out, but it's also a brutal matchup against a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. So keep an eye on that. Guys like Luke Kennard and Tim Frazier will also benefit, but don't get all gun-ho. I don't know why people were that excited about playing Tim Frazier last time out. When you look at minutes projections, like, there's no way. I had him at 23 minutes, and I thought that was a little bit high. Like, there was no way he could have seen a path to more minutes unless you thought he was going to directly take Derek Rose or Luke Kennard's minutes, which is clearly not going to be the case. Looney is already ruled out. We saw this happen over the weekend, and Marquis Chris got the start, but Amari Spellman also saw a ton of minutes over 30. Both of these guys are in play as one's 3100 and one's 3200. You'll see on the early interest, I think both are in play. Whoever starts, I'll probably have slightly more interest against a New Orleans Pelicans team that, yeah, they don't have Julius Randle or Anthony Davis anymore or even Czech Diallo as a backup. Like, they're very weak at their big position, and they were already weak defending that position last year. So interesting spot for whoever starts there. I think both guys are in play. For sure. Uh, Jeremy Lamb is 5,600 today, but he's questionable against Detroit. Look, if Jeremy Lamb is out, it just makes Malcolm Brogdon an even better play than he is already at 6,900. He's been crushing it. 40, 45 fantasy points, I believe, and then 50-plus in his last effort have had him in both spots. He's just been, look, he was obviously like the third option um, on that Bucks team behind Giannis and behind Middleton. And now he's been like the first primary scoring option right there, working off of Sabonis at points this season through two games. It's a really nice spot overall for Malcolm Brogdon. Justin Holiday would probably see the biggest beneficiary of Jeremy Lamb being out, even if Edmund Sumner starts. It's probably going to be Holiday, like we saw in the last start, um, who sees the most production and even minutes. Paul George will remain out. Again, we know the shoulder surgery. He's going to be out for more weeks. Drew Holiday, he's questionable. If he's out, Lonzo Ball, at his price point, continues to be a decent play. Might see a lot of Steph Curry, which is concerning. But Curry has to be very much focused this season with no Klay Thompson next to him. Um, and obviously Durant and Cousins. He has to be very much focused on... Iguodawa off the bench his offense this year so that's going to hurt his defense and its overall two-way play in my opinion this season and that probably does start each and every game so Lonzo Ball becomes an interesting spot Drew Holiday if he's out you probably see Josh Hart start again who's probably shot all the way up to 4,800 which is still affordable for a guy who's played over 30 minutes and will continue to play over 30 minutes if indeed Drew Holiday's out even if Holiday's in he probably sees that same amount of time but I don't have as much interest if he's in Brandon Ingram coming off of maybe the best game of his career He also is now priced up. I probably like other guys around him, to be honest with you. Um, It's a tough matchup once you start getting down next to he might be defended by Draymond Green this game. Uh, So that's a little bit of a concern. Mitchell Robinson is probable against a weak Chicago Bulls team. This is the spot that I really like. Dennis Smith Jr. is doubtful for personal reasons. Somebody in his family uh, passed away, so hopefully him and his family are doing well. But $3,900, he's going to be out and doubtful. Look, he hasn't been playing a ton of minutes right around 10, but that's obviously 10 minutes to go around now to Alfred Payton, Alonzo Trier, and Frank Neilatina. If you tell me that just like Payton's going to get four of those minutes, Alfred Payton, now he's kind of a spot where you can project him to see a 30-minute game. And at his current price point against the Bulls team that has been struggling through their first couple of games to defend the three-point line and just defend anything at the point right now, I really like Alfred Payton, and we'll get into that. Joel Embiid, questionable with an ankle. Kyle O'Quinn would start in his place, probably not see a ton of minutes. It mainly would benefit Al Horford. It mainly would give a little bit of a bump to Mike Scott, but mainly it's going to be the big four after that, right? Al Horford, Tobias Harris, and Ben Simmons probably in that order benefit, and then a little bit of Josh Richardson's for some more offensive production to go around. If Joel Embiid's in, it's really risky because we don't know what his minutes are going to be like, but if they say that he's going to be a full go and we get that news, $9,100 against Atlanta for Joel Embiid. Seems like a smash spot, especially with Alex Len, their primary center dealing with injuries right now, rib injury. Uh, Ricky Rubio is questionable if he's out. Javon Carter played 33 minutes the last time out in place of him against Utah. It's clearly a tough matchup against the Utah defense um, that picks up Mike Conley. They lose Ricky Rubio, but they still should be effective on defense, even though through the first couple of games, they've seemed to have some blunders on both sides of the ball. It is still a spot against his old team where if he misses that, Javon Carter, Tyler Johnson pick up the biggest interest on the value side. I probably prefer Javon Carter for the cheaper and more minutes there. Um, And then Devin Booker, overall offensive production goes up and you could even throw Kelly Oubre into that mix. Zach Collins dislocated his shoulder late last night. They're on a back-to-back Portland. I believe it was last night. He's going to be out. Um, and who's going to see the biggest bump there? Well, it really depends on who they want to start at power forward, but Hassan White's at its center should get some offensive production, more rebounding, really. Mario Hazonia, if they decide to play small against San Antonio, which might be a mistake because, obviously, Jacopoto, the center for San San Antonio, and then you have Lamar Kisaljic at the four, it's tough to play small in this game. So I think that they have another guy out there. I mean, Kent Bazemore's taller. They can put him at the four. Mario Hazonia, those would be prime candidates, I think, to start at the four outside of, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, Skal or Scale. Yeah, so he he might also start at the four. He's probably the more primary option, too, just due to size. Uh, But keep an eye on this. Like, if you get Mario Hazonia starting at the four, it's a terrible matchup against San Antonio and LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, But moving forward, if indeed this dislocated shoulder keeps him out for a couple weeks, it's a really good spot for a guy like Mario Hazonia, who has showed last year with the Knicks when he's kind of in the starting rotation and needed to score, that he will. He'll, he'll score at least for fantasy purposes. I think he had a couple of 50-point performances. Harry Giles is questionable for this game. Just continue to track Harry Giles' status, not to play him. Tough matchup against Denver, but if he's out, Rashawn Holmes and Bealitza and even parts of Harrison Barnes should be playing some of that four position. Those are all the injuries. Let's move over to the target offense sheet. If you're listening on the audio version, you can get this sheet. It's very good and helpful, I believe, and people have been saying that it is. You can get this sheet over on the, um, the Patreon page, uh, as well as you can just watch the YouTube video whenever you have a chance. Let's see if I can make this a little bit easier to read. There you go. So, target offense sheet. Um, I don't have four of these games totals yet. Uh, four of these games totals are not yet out. Uh, we have not gotten them, and I'm just going to delete all of these things so that we can get a better conditional formatting instead of having zeros in there. There we go. And now I can make this back to black just a little maintenance, and there we go. So the the clear and best spot on the slate, but also worrisome because they're 15 and a half point favorites, and there's two. The Clippers against Charlotte later today, we haven't seen that total yet, but then also Milwaukee against Cleveland. Cleveland, historically bad defense last year, but now Kevin Love through two games looks better, even a little bit better on defense, um, but definitely on offense. Tristan Thompson will be back as well this season, at least to start, so that should just increase the league worst and and historically bad defense from last year Milwaukee's a 15 and a half point favorite they all have great matchups Brooke Lopez down low has a good matchup Giannis has a good matchup there's really nobody to defend Giannis on this team they can try and put Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love on him they won't be able to he's very expensive they're 15 and a half point favorite Look, you don't want to project blowouts this early into the season. You don't really want to project blowouts ever. But 119 team total, they have to get points somehow. As of right now, they have a team total that is six, five 5.5 points higher than anybody else in the slate. Cleveland, or actually, yeah, five and a half, 5.75 points higher than anybody else in the slate. San Antonio would be next up against Portland. So really good spot if you want to play Milwaukee, guys. The obvious concern that your guys might not play the whole fourth quarter. Giannis in three quarters playing 27 26 minutes can still get you 60 points uh he can do it in this matchup Um, I think Joe Joe Val Jonas Valanciunas yesterday last night he had like 10 minutes in his first 10 minutes he's playing limited minutes he still got like 30 he had 30 points in like 10 minutes absolutely ridiculous um Carl Anthony Towns had like 25 points after the first quarter on DraftKings points absolutely ridiculous so Milwaukee's like the clear best spot on the slate, but it's also a risky spot because it could just turn into a blowout. Um, but really good spot for Milwaukee individually um, spots. Other spots that stand out a little bit. Again, we're still missing four games team totals, So eight of these teams out of the 22. I don't have a total for yet. And again, that will be factored into the, the projections later on today that usually come out around 1 p.m. East Coast time. Other games that stand out, San Antonio against Portland. Portland's going to be down Zach Collins. Portland has a shot blocker and a decent defender who's been on the court for about 26 minutes per game. And Hassan Whiteside. But that makes me like, once again, um, a guy who I was all over the last time out in a lot of my lineups in my main lineup, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, who continues to be underpriced, in my opinion. He's still not $8,000, but more times than not, when LaMarcus Aldridge goes out there, just his pure ability and minutes to play around 35 minutes, 36 minutes, and just pick up a double-double like it's nothing. In the San Antonio offense where he's still with DeMar Doros and are the two main focal p- points of it. And now there's no Zach Collins. So a, a okay defender, definitely undersized compared to Aldridge, but you might throw out Mario Hazonia against him now. I get it. Hassan White said it will be guarding um, Lamarcus Aldridge for probably somewhere around 60% of this game when Aldridge plays a lot of minutes at the center if he doesn't even start there if Jacopoto starts there he'll still play a lot of minutes um, but Aldridge is a little bit too cheap in my opinion and this team total is nice enough Denver has a decent team total and they're only six point favorites and now you have Denver as six point favorites with a 112.25 team total you have Jokic coming off of his best game of the year obviously limited games so far but who is going to guard Nikola Jokic I get it Dwayne Denman is a pretty good center in my opinion I like Dwayne Dedman a lot. Backup last year, average over a fantasy point per minute against or for Atlanta. But Dwayne Dedman is not going to play 30 plus minutes. The guy might play like 25 minutes. And even if he does, he's not a high caliber defensive center. He's just a quality one. So who else is out there? I mean, as of right now, Harry Giles doesn't seem like he's going to play. Rashawn Holmes, is not going to be the force that stops Nikola Jokic. Definitely not Bialica. Definitely not Harrison Barnes if you put him at the four. I really don't know. I don't know who stops Nicole Jokic. And for that reason, he's way too cheap in my opinion. Nicole Jokic is one of the better plays in this slate as he's still not 10K plus, which is mind-boggling to me. Uh, Nikola Jokic at 10 p.m. tonight, one of the hammer games in the slate. Six-point favorite. Really like the spot for Nikola Jokic in this team. Uh, Other spots that stand out in terms of pace from last year. Pace just means possessions per game. The more possessions, obviously, the faster they play, the more points. Usually accounted for in the the Vegas total, but it's good to see just the difference in terms of pace between teams. If we were to use last year, this Philly-Atlanta game is just going to be a sprint. It's just going to be a sprint. I mean, both these teams were top 10 in the league in pace last year. Atlanta was right there the entire season. I believe they finished as the fastest paced team. They're right there at Sacramento. Yes, they did. So it's just going to be a sprint here. Now, it's clearly Trey Young can just chuck up whatever he wants. And if he's hot that night, he can still score you 50 fantasy points. But it's clearly a brutal matchup. Like Trey Young with Ben Simmons against him, brutal matchup. You have to just be absolutely unconscious from the field and shooting to have a really good fantasy performance at Trey Young's price point. John Collins, brutal matchup against Al Horford. Like, even though it's a fast paced game, uh, and we don't have the total yet, but it's probably going to be a decent total. They're waiting on Joel Embiid news. Um, it's not a spot where I really want to get to Atlanta players. I want to get to Philly players. I want to get to Al Horford at his price point. I would get to Tobias Harris if there's no Joel Embiid at his price point. Ben Simmons is fine at his price point, but I'd rather just get to other spots. I'd rather get to Jokic for literally like $800, $900 more. Um, so if indeed those guys are out, I like Al Horford. First And then second, I like um, Tobias Harris. Don't try and play to Kyle O'Quinn. He's not going to play a lot of minutes. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of other great spots. Toronto versus Orlando in terms of real life should be a good game. It's a slow-paced game. Both teams do not have a high team total. Both teams are really good at playing defense. Kyle Lowry is affordable, and we're about to talk about him. Kyle Lowry is affordable, but it's a really tough matchup, only a 108.5 team total. Last year's, if you use their pace, only a 100.41 pace um, in terms of how many possessions per team in this game. The average was right around 102.6 last year for the entire league, so that's well below average, um, two possessions less per team. I really want to see what the New Orleans and Golden State um, total looks like. I expect it to be extremely high, but again, New Orleans does not have as many shooters or as many scorers on this team. D'Angelo Russell could be in a good spot um, this game, especially if Drew Holiday is out and D'Angelo Russell is primarily going to be facing up against Josh Hart. Really good spot. This would be the second highest pace game on the slate if you use last year's projections. I will begin to use this year's Um, Numbers for all this stuff in about another week. I need to get a little bit bigger of a sample. I could run it right now, but I think it would be a little bit too cloudy and just taking into account two games and three games is very small. Even taking into account six games next week is very small, Um, but I'll have the sample next to the 2018 stuff as well so we can reference what's changing a little bit, Um, but a really good matchup. For sure, for a lot of these guys in these higher-paced spots like Philadelphia, especially if Embiid's out, more production to go around, Um, like Golden State and New Orleans. New Orleans last year, and even Golden State last year, but New Orleans struggled to defend a lot of positions. The point guard, the shooting guard, the center, just a lot of spots. So um, Golden State should be in a good spot, especially those guys filling in, right? Marquise, Chris, or Amari Spellman, whichever one starts I have more interest in. Uh, Keys played less minutes the last time out but started. But you saw Spellman playing a lot of four minutes as well. Um, So I like both of those guys. I think a lot of these guys are in play and there's cheap value at center in a very good matchup and a pace spot for Golden State. I think you kind of take advantage of that. So let's get into the early interest. A lot of these guys I just mentioned will be in this pool. Um, I will blow this up for the people watching on YouTube so you can see a little bit easier. There you go. Before you get into this, let me know if you're still watching down in the comment section below. Um... Who do you think is the best play below nine thousand dollars on today's slate? Best play that can mean for you point per dollar in the four K range. That can mean overall points in the eight K range. Who do you think is the best play below nine thousand dollars on the DraftKings slate? These are my early interests. Let me remind everybody: it is six eleven a.m. East Coast time. The games lock in like thirteen hours, right? Twelve hours and forty nine minutes to be exact, or unless they start seven oh five. But the games lock in pretty much thirteen hours. This is not my final player pool on an 11 game slate. You can be damn sure I'm going to have more than 18 players in a player pool I have about double this, right? Um, Double this in a player pool, if not a little bit more if I played a full 150 max. Um, But to be honest with you, a lot of things are going to change. We're going to have so much injury news. I will update all that on Patreon. Be sure to continue to track that on Fantasy Labs and Roto World or wherever you get your information. I prefer Fantasy Labs for immediate information roto world for checking over the next day easier platform to look at um, but for right now these are my early interest it's filtered by salary i think Giannis is in a good spot against cleveland without a doubt my main concern is the game blows out now i don't want to weigh that all that much it's a really good spot the highest team total on the slate as of right now with still waiting on eight team totals to come out i expect it to probably stay around there just nobody to guard Giannis. really really good spot for Giannis. um last game out they played they went into overtime He's got his second 70 plus point game, a little bit skewed because they went to overtime. But no, Malcolm Brogdon there now, obviously in Milwaukee. He is now in Indiana and balling out the first two games. But honest being ten thousand six hundred dollars, it's it's just a fantastic spot. If you want to pay for it, you can. If you don't, I completely get it. There's a lot of studs on this slate. Nikola Jokic is probably my favorite stud on the slate. We'll see how the injury news breaks down for guys like Joel Embiid and how that opens up some other players. But Nikola Jokic is ninety six hundred dollars against a team that surely they have Dwayne Dedman. I think he's a quality defender. I don't think he could stop Nicole Jokic, who, in my opinion, is the best offensive center in the league. Yes, ahead of Joel Embiid. Yes, ahead of Carl Anthony Towns. Although this season, Carl Anthony Towns so far might actually uh, give Nicole Jokic a run for his money because uh, Carl Anthony Towns is actually passing the ball. Uh, and he did pass the ball last year as well, but a little bit better now. Derek Rose is not there. So um Nicole Jokic, Jokic, 9600 and you might say oh well there goes as a score first yeah but it took away a couple of assists per game like one two. carl anthony towns overall splits numbers from last year uh Nicole Jokic, fantastic spot against guys that he'll be primarily facing Rashawn holmes for parts in this game um, um elite parts of this game right really good spot at 9600 his team has a good team total and it's not a widespread so i like the chances that he stays in for his full allotment of minutes from somewhere to 32 to 36 Um, Russell Wilson at 9,400 will be at home in Houston, but has Oklahoma City, his former team, coming to town. And Russell Wilson has gone for a triple-double last time out, 60 points or more in both of these first two games. If anything, it seems like the opposite is happening of what a lot of people expected, including myself. Russell Wilson is taking production away from James Harden. And it kind of makes sense, right? Even if Russell Wilson sees less shot attempts, he always gets in there for the rebounds, assists, steals. Uh, whereas James Harden is primarily going to be um, living on his shooting um, and getting to the line. So if Russell Wilson's doing everything else, or Russell, Rus- Russell Westbrook, I don't know how many times I just said Russell Wilson, but I apologize. Uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, the crossover is getting to me right there. $9,400 is in a good spot um, without a doubt. I mean, like what is your floor from Russell Westbrook in a game like this? Even in a tough matchup, if Chris Paul stays on him for parts of this game... Your floor is, more times than not, probably like 45, 50 points. And that's fine at his $9,400 price tag if he's getting you around 50 points. Um, I think it's completely fine to want to get to. He's a guy I have a lot of interest in. James Harden's not on this list, but he'll be in a player pool of mine, of course. I just prefer Russell Westbrook right now. Kyle Lowry, 7,300. We talked about the lower team total in the very... um, Good real-life matchup. This is going to be between Toronto and Orlando, right? You're going to see Vooch going up against Marcus Saul and Siakam. Really good defense on both sides of the ball. Kyle Lowry's going to have a tough matchup, but he's 7,300. The price point isn't budging for a guy who continues to go out there and score 40-plus fantasy points, uh, sans Kawhi Leonard uh, on this team. Malcolm Brogdon's price point is coming up. I wish it was still like 6500 but 6900 is still doable. Um, I, I like this spot a lot for Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, no Reggie Jackson. Like your primary defenders are going to be Tim Frazier and Derrick Rose against Malcolm Brogdon. Derrick Rose, okay, and back in the day playing defense, but now he really just wants to score. Tim Frazier, an undersized point guard that Malcolm Brogdon should have his way with when he's on him. Brogdon through two games is averaging 50 points per game. He's just been absolutely nuts right now, and I like this spot for him. A whole lot. He's benefiting a ton by playing with Sabonis on the same on the floor with him as well, taking a lot of the attention away from some of the shooters and also attracting some more assist upside. Tobias Harris, I like even if Joel Embiid is in at 6,500 against Atlanta. I like Tobias Harris. He's going to be playing the three, which is worrisome. It's it's not as good as playing where Al Horford will be at the at the four. Um, but Tobias Harris is completely fine, and I like him a lot more if Joel Embiid is out. Lonzo Ball, I like a lot more of Drew Holiday's out, but 6,300 is still affordable. Again, I think Steph Curry's a great defender, but he's going to have to kind of lax off of the intense defense at, for the majority of the games because he's going to be the primary scorer now with no Clay, no Durant, no Demarcus Cousins. None of all these guys. Mainly, the, the main guys he's missing are clearly Durant and, and definitely Clay next to him, but. A lot more focus on offense for Steph. I think it's going to ruin his defense this year, or at least impact it a lot. Um, that gives me some interest in Alonzo Ball. Al Horford becomes one of the better, if not the best play on the slate, if indeed Joel Embiid misses. Maybe not best, but one of the better plays for sure at 6,200. He's listed in yellow on the sheet because I'm waiting on injury news on Joel Embiid. Atlanta was one of the worst teams in the league defending bigs last year, and the amount of pace in this game is really going to help Horford, who, instead of seeing around 30 minutes of... Joel Embiid is in, should probably have to be forced to play closer to 35 if Joel Embiid is out, which clearly those extra three or four minutes, oh, Sal, those don't mean a lot. If you're going to tell me that Al Horford is going to average like 1.3, 1.2 fantasy points per minute, somewhere around there, and you're giving me an extra four fantasy points for Al Horford, that means a lot. And maybe not on an individual basis, but when you add that up across all of your other positions and you can make similar moves like that, well, now you're giving your lineup a boost of like 25 to 30 points. It matters. Just don't look at it from a one player thing. Look at it from an overall lineup perspective. RJ Barrett's too cheap. Man, RJ Barrett's too cheap. He's been so good. He's going to be the rookie of the year. Um, And look, he hasn't been like world beating, but Zion Williamson is going to be hurt for a while. Job Morant is the only guy who's going to give him a run for his money. Finally saw a lot of minutes and scored 30 points. Um, But RJ Barrett's going to just pick up a ton of a ton of other stuff in terms of steals, blocks, assists, rebounds, right? And it's mainly because he's just going to play like 37 minutes a game. Like John Morant would be lucky to average 32 minutes per game this season, whereas RJ Barrett's going to play like 36. Um, so RJ Barrett at 6,100. I, I mentioned Chicago earlier, how it's a really good matchup for Alfred Payton, who's 5,100, also on this list of mine. Really good matchup for a team that is a 111.5 team total. And Chicago has just been so far really bad on defense, as sort of expected, but really can't close out at the three-point line that helps these shooting guards and guards and Barrett and Payton. I like both of them. Kelly Oubre's price just continues to be at a, a weird spot. Now, I get it for this matchup. He's facing Utah, which is definitely a tougher matchup. Um, whoever he'll have on him, if it's O'Neal, it's not a great spot. Uh, but Kelly Oubre at 6,100 is worth mentioning. Team total of 105 right now. Um, I like this spot for Kelly Oubre, $6,100, mainly the pricing spot at the exact same price. I actually think I prefer RJ Barrett, who should see relative to maybe a little bit more minutes, but the matchup is just a lot better. Kelly Oubre should be playing around the three, so a little bit closer to the rim at times, but Barrett should just be on the court enough with a more beneficial matchup for me to get there. Buddy Heald's price point is just dropping. Coming off one of the worst games of his career, in limited minutes, um, he's six thousand dollars now. He opened the year as like seventy two hundred or something. His his price point is just completely dropping. Still no Marvin Bagley. This is a game that starts later in the night. Denver. It, it's a tough matchup for sure, but it's not a blowout type of game where Buddy Heald has to worry about not playing at all. Like if Buddy Hill can just get his shot to fall, he's priced at what his median projection is. If you have any projection system, more times than not, Buddy Heald projects out for thirty to thirty two points based on the amount of minutes he plays around thirty to thirty two, um, if not more, thirty four. And just his overall point-per-minute production, even in a tough matchup like this one, um, where if he's going to be starting at the 2 or the 3, depending on where Bo- Bogdan starts, um, it, you probably have a good 30 to 32 minutes in an okay matchup, not having to face those Paul Millsaps, Mason Publi, and Nikola Jokic bigs, right? So I actually like Buddy Heald here at $6,000 in sort of a bounce-back spot for him. I think his price point is a little bit too low. He's priced at his median. When price When guys are priced at their median projection, that means that if they hit their... 35 40 point just game not even their ceiling it's going to absolutely crush at their price point derrick rose i have in yellow at 5400 look you have reggie jackson doubtful i just wanted to put him in yellow because it is a tough matchup it's not just a plug and play and these next two guys have the same um analysis for me that it's not just an absolute plug-and-play derrick rose smash spot This matchup against probably Malcolm Brogdon for parts of the game, and Derrick Rose will be on the court when Malcolm Brogdon's off for a good amount of the game, especially if Rose continues to come off the bench. You probably want Derrick Rose to come off the bench here. He'll have an overall better point-per-minute production when he's probably not on the court as much with Drummond, or at least for not every single one of his minutes. Probably not on the court being defended by Brogdon for at least every single one of his minutes. Um, So $5,400, definitely a, a favorable price point. He'll probably project out for somewhere around 28 to 32, if not more fantasy points today for me. And if that's the case, it's obviously a great spot at 5,400. Frank Kaminsky. Similar things can be said. He's in yellow. His price point's 5,300. It's come up, but it's not enough. But again, he's probably going to be facing a guy like Rudy Gobert. Um, what the one of the top three uh, best centers at defense in the entire league, if not like the best center. On defense in the entire league, um, shot blockers, whatever it might be. So Frank Kaminsky, 5,300. I'd rather play Derek Rose at 5,400 against Indy than Frank Kaminsky at 5,300 against Utah. Now, again, Frank Kaminsky, if he continues to maybe come off the bench here, it's a good spot for him, right? He doesn't have to face as much Gobert. But just keep an eye on the starting lineups here. It's a really brutal spot against Gobert if Kaminsky starts there but he's 5,300 and he probably projects out for 28 to 33 fantasy points. And that's really good value. Alfred Payton already discussed him like him as a point guard at 5,100. If Alfred Payton starts here, I think I, um, it, him and Derek Rose is a very interesting spot for a toss up situation. Derek Rose is nice because he'll slide into both shooting guard and point guard. Alfred Payton, I believe is only point guard eligible. Um, I think I will prefer Alfred Payton if indeed they're if indeed Alfred Payton's starting, but I like both options. Like I'll have probably equal exposure, honestly, if I at the end of the day, Uh, Josh Hart, 4,800 is in yellow. I'll have interest in Josh Hart if he starts again, which means Drew Holiday would be out. Um. It's just a lot of rebounding opportunities for Hart, more scoring opportunities, and he should play somewhere around 33, 34 minutes if indeed Holiday misses. Javon Carter is only an in interest to me if Ricky Rubio misses. He's now priced up to 3,600, but he should just play 32 minutes or so if Rubio misses. It's a value play at 3,600. I don't think you need it on this slate because you're about to have these two Golden State power forwards and centers I'm going to talk about. And I'd rather have them for cheaper, uh, similar minutes and Javon Carter's just minutes in overall upside. He's like the fifth option on his team in scoring. And so are these guys, but they're at least closer to the basket. These guys being Marquis, Chris, and Amari Spellman, guys who played power forward and center. I think Chris started, he, I believe he did, the last game at center. 3200 for Chris, $3,100 for Spellman. There is no Kavan Looney. There is still no Willie Cauley-Stein. There is no DeMarcus Cousins on this team anymore. These are the guys. The guys who are going to play center tonight, and maybe some Draymond Green center, but I, I don't know how much they actually want to do that, if they do it at all. It's going to be Chris and Amari Spellman. Um, In terms of just point-per-minute production, they're pretty much the same. Chris is a guy who, in his career, will average somewhere around like a point... point per minute production. Same exact thing for Amari Spellman, right around that similar production. So they're similarly productive players. Amari Spellman saw more minutes last time out. I want to look in and see if there was any foul trouble to do with that. Whoever starts is the guy that I probably go to the most I think Spellman has the greater opportunity to get more minutes at the four. And so you probably see like more times than not, Spellman will play four more minutes than Chris, which means at a cheaper price point by only $100, but still cheaper, he'll probably grade out better. So I like Spellman. I like Chris. I would not play both of them together. If you're using fantasy crunchers, set a rule to only play one. But they are the reason that I don't think I have to force Javon Carter into my lineups because for a cheaper price point, I can get a much better position at the center position for a team that has a great matchup like new orleans is one of the worst teams defending bigs last year and now they lost uh, julius Randle, they lost check diallo they lost anthony davis like it it's just an absolutely great spot for these centers who are clearly not the greatest of skills like if you're a center and you're not averaging one fantasy point per minute you're probably not a great center these guys are not doing that but for the most part they're not traditional centers amari spellman is not a traditional center marquis chris is not a traditional center. I like both of these guys. It allows you to pay up in your lineups. But again, it's 11 games, 22 teams. We're going to get a ton of injury news throughout the day. Some stuff that we are expecting to wait on, like Joel Embiid's status, um, Reggie Jackson, doubtful, like some Ricky Rubio, like we're expecting to hear on that. But some of the stuff will just catch us out of nowhere, like Jimmy Butler to open the season. So if you enjoyed this podcast episode or this YouTube video, please do hit the subscribe button on the podcast on the YouTube channel. We're about to hit 14,000. If we can hit that today, that'd be fantastic. The goal is to hit $15,000 or $15,000, 15,000 subscribers by the end of the month. Clearly, it's, it's a bold case. We only have like three or four more days officially to do that. And we're about a thousand away. But um, appreciate if you did tune in, and you got any satisfaction from this video. If you can leave a comment, who do you think is the best player in the nine or below 9K range at any level, best point per dollar player? Appreciate you doing that. And then follow me on my social medias link down below and check out also my exclusive content on Patreon. Also link down below. I love the NBA. It is back. We get a full, healthy 11 game slate. My name is Sal. You already know that. Peace out, gang.